Special thanks to Wizard Academy, who is a proud sponsor of today's episode. Welcome to another exciting episode of Latinos Who Thrive. I'm your host, Victor Escalante, and I'm absolutely thrilled to be here with you today. On this show, we celebrate the incredible stories, successes, and resilience of our Latino community. Members who are making a remarkable impact in the respective fields. Each week, we bring you the inspiring journeys of pioneers, innovators, entrepreneurs, artists, activists, and leaders who are shaping the world around us. From overcoming challenges to achieving remarkable milestones, the stories we share here are a testament to the unwavering spirit and determination within the Latino community. We delve deep into the experiences, insights, and ex expertise of our guests, uncovering the secrets behind their accomplishment and discovering the invaluable lessons they've learned along the way. Our goal is not only to showcase their achievements, but also to inspire and empower each and every one of you tuning in today. Through these conversations, we aim to ignite passion, drive, and a sense of pride within our community while fostering a greater understanding and appreciation for the diverse talents and contributions of Latinos worldwide. So get ready to be inspired, motivated, and uplifted as we embark on yet another transformative journey together on Latinos Who Thrive. What a great show we have for you today. Joining us today is Lex Borrero, who is the mastermind behind some of music's biggest producers, including the multi-platinum Monsters and Strangers and Latin Grammy Award-winning and Grammy Award-nominated Taney, with whom he co-founded Neon 16 in 2019. So let's get on with it. And now we have Lex Borrero. Welcome to Latinos Who Thrive, Lex. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here today and share my story with you. You have quite an inspiring story. And uh, as I mentioned to you off the air, this is going to be a must listen to a lot of startup entrepreneurs that need to understand the entrepreneurial mindset to be able to go from nothing to being a leading industry person in the music industry. A lot of the lessons are transferable to basically in the industry. So Lex, you're originally from Colombia, is that correct? Correct, yeah, from Bogota, Colombia. Give us the through line of how you started with nothing from very humble beginnings in the music industry. Um, so essentially, you know, I, I, I was born in Bogota, um, my parents moved to the States, uh, in search of a better life. And, and then, you know, we started with, with nothing. We started, my mom, you know, she, she's always been a hustler. She always figured out ways to, to, to make ends meet. And for me coming into the U S you know, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know English. So I, that was step one, you know, I had to go to ESOL classes and, and, and learn and figure out the dynamic of being an American. And then second, as part of that, I've always been artistic, so I always loved drawing and art, and and I, I wanted to be an architect. I never thought in my life I would be in music or in film and TV how I am today. Um, but I did know right away, very early into my years here in the U.S., that I loved Michael Jackson and I loved Michael Jordan. Like, I loved the way these two um, figures would impact culture, will shift the way that you know, people would dress, um, would make emotions move. I was, I was super uh, intrigued by that momentum or that role of being 
uh, a culture uh, changer. And, you know, growing up in church, because my mom was also a pastor, that was one of the things that intrigued me about, you know, what you can do to help people, right? Like that, that initial thought of how you can utilize yourself as, as a human to, to essentially impact people's lives. And so that's really where it started for me, where it was like, okay, you know, I want to draw, I, I, I feel like I can speak to people. I have a message, but you know, I came from a place where, where we didn't have the money to buy certain things. And when I got to high school, I was really obsessed with hip hop and music. Um, but not to the point where I wanted to be in the business. I didn't, I didn't think about the business at first for me, it was really about just the art. And then as I started to engage in loving a culture, like sneaker culture, and I wanted a pair of Michael Jordans, then it really started to trigger in like, how am I going to get money? Um, and that's when I saw this article on a magazine and it was called the BMG music service. You would pay $12.99 for one CD and they would send you 12 CDs. So I started to do that and, and pretty much built a pretty big CD, uh, collection. And then I, convinced my girlfriend at the time to get her parents to give her a CD burner for her birthday. And then I started burning some CDs and selling them in school and try to see, like, I started to see that I can move that. And it really, the, the shift came when I saw a kid rap in my school, like he was a pretty popular rapper in our school. And every time he would, you know, do something during lunch hour, everybody will get around him. So I approached him and I said, Hey, what if we do a song together? I, I don't have a microphone. I have a little computer mic that my mom uses to type because, you know, her hands hurt. And we recorded this song and we sold it to all her classmates uh, and essentially made enough money to buy these this pair of Jordans. And so with that pair of Jordans, I felt like, okay, th there's a music business behind this. Like I can make money in this, um, but I can also like create this change, this impact through the music. And that, summer I interned at a studio in um in Miami and I, I learned music production and as part of that every day there would be artists dropping their demos and things and I saw this artist who I thought was you know sounded good it was early like mix of Anglo with reggaeton music and I felt like this this was a unique sound and I called him I said look I don't know anything about the music industry but I know how to sell i know I, my mom has a studio in the church where we could record the music um and he agreed to let me manage him um or what i thought was management i didn't even know what i was doing but it was you know like i want to work with this guy and we were partners and we engaged in putting this music together and at the end of the internship i asked the studio owner like hey how do i get to the people who sign artists and he said well those guys are named a and r's i was like okay how do i get to the a and r's and he said well uh, go on the yellow pages and just call, call all the labels. So I went on the yellow pages and I started calling, 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 calling. And of course, nobody answered. Um, and then I went into my senior year thinking, okay, I'm going to go to architecture school. I'm going to be an architect. And one day I get a phone call from this A&R um, at Sony Music. And he had heard my message and he said, hey, why don't you come over tomorrow? I like your message. When I show up to the office, you know, I'm 16 years old. I have a fro. I'm wearing like white air force ones with with pink laces a pink shirt and this like suit jacket on top and he asked me how old are you i'm like oh i'm 16. he's like if i knew you were 16 i would have never taken this meeting <laughs> um that's funny but he took the meeting 
And he told me, he's like, look, the music is good, but it's too urban. You know, we're Sony Music. We have Shakira, Gloria Stefan. Like, we have pop superstars. But I like you. Why don't you go to my friend at another company? And essentially, I went to his friend. They gave us a distribution deal, which my mom used an immigration attorney to negotiate because we didn't know there was entertainment attorneys. And that was my first distribution deal. I thought I made it. I, I went and bought all my CDs at, at FYI Music in Dolphin Mall here in Miami. And little did I know I didn't make any money. Um, but that started to trigger the the notion of like, hey, I want to be in this business. And and then as life would have it, you know, I, I got to like experience what it was, a little bit of touring with this artist and left high school, started trying to make it in the music industry. And, and one day I saw this article in a music magazine about a beat battle in New York, like a music conference that had a beat battle. And I was like, what, what is a beat battle? Well, you know, as a producer, you would play one beat, the other producer would play a beat, and then the judges would choose whose beat was better. And so I was like, oh my God, I have to go to this. Every major executive in the music industry is going to be there. And I went to New York. I took a little bit of money I had saved, bought my flight to New York with a few friends. And when I get to the conference, the organizer puts the names of all the people that made the the beat battle and my name wasn't there. So I was like, Felicia, please let me get into it. I'm going to be the best producer. I came from Miami. And she was so annoyed that she was like, kid, if you don't leave me alone, I'm going to kick you out of the whole conference. Just enjoy the conference. You didn't make it. Welcome to the music industry. And I was so bummed, but I knew that like I was so good. You know, I knew that I had this thing that I couldn't explain. But I went to the conference the first two days and, you know, saw the executives, et cetera. The third day is the day of the beat battle and she's calling all the names and the last producer doesn't show up. I think the guy was sick or something. And I run down from the park. This is the Park Central Hotel. So I run down from the second floor to the, the, the main floor. Please, please let me, let me join. And so she lets me join. I win the beat battle. Um, and I get an opportunity to work in the studio with an artist uh, and this really big executive called uh, Russell Simmons. And that time he said, hey, listen, you know, after the session, I told him, hey, I think you should hire me. I'm going to be the world's biggest executive. And he laughed in my face and said, that's not how it works, kid. But I like your attitude. If you get yourself to New York, I will, um, I will give you an internship. And so I went back home. My mom was not having it. She said, you know, you're either going to be a pastor or you're going to go um, be an architect. So I left home. I took out a credit card and I went to New York City and I started to intern. And within a couple of months, I was homeless. I was couch surfing uh, and then I was sleeping on the sixth train. But every night I would go to Sony Studios with my Beat CD and I would give it away, give it, give it, give it. And, you know, after months of months of being homeless in New York, I finally called my mom and said, Mom, I need you to help me. So she put me in a church in Queens who, you know, gave me kind of some chairs to sleep on because they didn't have beds. And unfortunately, after maybe only two, three weeks of being there, I forgot that sun that it was Sunday because we had an event on a Saturday. And they didn't have a bathroom. They had like a regular bathroom with a drink. So I would have to get a cup, shower, dry the bathroom. And so I was I was doing that on a I I thought that it was a Monday and I was like doing that. And I hear a bunch of like voices outside of the door. And so when I open the door, I'm in my towel and it's the whole congregation. Wow. And they, and they kicked me out of the church. Um, 
And so that was that Monday, I told my mom, buy me a ticket back home. So she bought me a spirit ticket for the Thursday. And that Monday, an A&R from a company called Bad Boy Records called me and told me, hey, why don't you come over? I heard your BCD. I got it when I was outside of Sony Studios and I like what you're doing. And so I was like, brother, listen, I'm I'm kind of, I'm over this. You know, like I, I've, I've been homeless for like a year. I, I'm going home on Thursday. And he's like, well, you waited your whole life for this. You're not going to come now. So I went and I, I would always burn 23 beats in a CD because of Michael Jordan. And so he heard all 22. And when he got to 23, I was already like, okay, he doesn't like anything. But he played 23 over and over and said, I'll be right back, took it and left. And then when he um, came back, he told me to go with him. We go to Studio A and it's Diddy. And he was playing my beat. And that was my first check in the music industry, 1500 bucks. Wow. And then after that, you know, my career started. And, you know, 20 years later, here I am. I want to back up because you brought up two very important principles of success. One is fall in love with what you do. Uh, the other one is that you don't do it for the money. You do it to be able to uh, help people or you do it to be able to have a positive impact on others. Tell us your your philosophy uh, for everything that you do. Tell us your motto. So for me, it's two things. One is it starts with purpose, right? I think as humans, we think that our purpose in life is to get rich and just be powerful, but um, I disagree strongly with that. I think our purpose in life is to help others, right? We're an ecosystem. So I always say the the big driver for for anything you want to do in life is, is to define what you have in you that can help others, right? Because that allows you to have a real sense of purpose beyond because money doesn't fill you, success doesn't fill you, purpose does. I think once you have that set, and in my mind it was always what can I do like this, this opportunity that I have to help people make their dreams to, to build them as better men or women. That was first. Second is you got to have a clear vision. The human brain has an insane ability to solve problems, but we as humans have a horrible ability in telling it what the actual problem is. And what I mean by problem and problem goes hand in hand with goal, right? Like if you say, I don't know, I want to, I want to get a, a Grammy. Well, you know, that's your goal, but the goal has a problem, right? What's the problem? Well, nobody knows my music. Okay, so then now you have a goal and you know where it's at. But the more specific you could be, if you say, well, I want to get a Grammy for best new artist. So then now you know what it takes to be the best new artist. You have research. You can go down the past 10 years and say, these are the best, the, the winners or the nominees for the past 10 years. Like, what did they do differently? What kind of artists got picked? Why did they get picked? And you start obsessing yourself with the vision and then in it, creating the solution for your goal or your problem, right? And so being very clear with your vision on what you want and being very specific um, helps you understand it and helps you start speaking it. And and it's not just manifesting it. So you start speaking about it. So you start gravitating energy and you start obsessing, which is for me the third thing. You got to be obsessive. You know, you have to, anything you want to do in life, you have to think about it all day long. You have to process the information around it all day long. You have to know it because 
in knowing the information or knowing more about it and obsessing about it, you start creating something in your head that you can manipulate. You start understanding what it takes to get there. You start getting every area of it into your mind in order to make it a reality. And then last, you, you, you have to be strong level of perseverance. Like in life, you know, no matter if you have money, success or not, nothing comes easy, right? Everything, uh, whether it's personal or otherwise, you have to go after it. And so you, you have to have perseverance. You have to be uh, able to understand that you, you're going to go through the ringer. You're going to go through the hardships before you get to the blessing. Um, but having a strong sense of purpose, having a clear vision and obsessing about it gives you perseverance almost by default because it allows you to understand you want something so bad and you're so clear about what you want it and you're also so clear why you want it. All those things allow you to really go after it and, and, and be successful. And that's the through line to Neon 16, of which you are president and co-founder. So Neon 16 is making waves in the entertainment industry. Give our listeners a brief overview of what Neon 16 is all about. Yeah, so, you know, today Neon 16 is part of a ecosystem of three companies, which are Entertainment Studios, our film and TV company, Neon 16, which is our music business, and AM 16, which is our agency. But the core of the business really started, you know, four years ago when I got to Miami and I had spent my whole career in, in, in music. And I really wanted to, um, when I got to Miami, I saw the need for a business that really was based on culture. Because I knew that the moment Latin music would become what it is today, corporate America, you know, the TV business brands would need a curator of that culture. And so for us, it was important that we were not just a business that was making money, but that we were culture shifters, that we were impacting culture with the way we were approaching business, creativity, the aesthetics, you know, pushing forward things that nobody else was doing. And so that really became Neon 16, which is, you know, a full successful music uh, business. And from there, we expanded into film and television with Entertainment Studios with the same model. How are we impacting Hollywood? How do we change the narrative? How do we do things that nobody else was doing? Um, and then the same thing for AM16, which is our agency, is how do we create that through line for brands that so many times is, is, not, is not there? And how do we uh, bring our culture, our understanding of how to communicate with an audience and how to tell stories uh, into the brand agency business in order to really create a, a growth in how brands market to our culture? And so that became this ecosystem that, that, um, that we operate today and that we have, you know, the blessing, I have the blessing of leading some incredible people as part of it. While I've interviewed the people within the industry that are trying to change Hollywood and to change corporate America into being more diverse and really messaging to the Latino population in a relevant way, I tend to think that you are really are one of the top leaders in, in this area because while others talk, I haven't seen the results. I interviewed uh, recently the... Uh, the founder of uh, of Me Too, the uh, video platform, uh, not the Me Too uh, movement, the Me Too M I N two, the number two, yeah. where they they made uh, funny videos. And uh, one time, I believe they got funding for like eight million dollars, and now they're become a technology company. They did away with the uh, the video production. 
So I would tend to think that you are one of the leaders. Talk about that. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I think there's a lot of great creatives, um, but I think the the main issue with the majority of, I would say, my peers, uh, and it's, it's not a negative thing, it's just that, you know, everybody's focused on making money only. Right. Right. And, and so, which is, listen, we're, we're in a business. That's an important part. And it's obviously a vertical we all focus on, but that's not our intention. Our intention for our company is really to impact culture. And the result of impacting culture is that we've been financially successful. Um, but for us, the drivers are, are completely different. For us, the drivers are not the mechanics of how rich can we get, but it's how do we change things? And, uh, and really, it's been a blessing because we've been able to find the problems, identify that problems, and be the first to solve it. So we, you know, we, we took on the Latin music business and started to change how people viewed music producers and songwriters by essentially breaking a producer to be bigger than the majority of the artists, like as, an, a, as a name, as a brand, by doing things that nobody else was doing at the time. And be, because we wanted to ch change the perception of, how the world viewed Latin creators, right? Because a lot of times we're we're not looked as great as as the other creators, and so the same thing with Hollywood. We came into film and television with the idea that we wanted to change how a family documentary looks like when we do the Montaners, or change how a music competition looks like when we do uh, La Firma or the signing, as as it's called in English, like. We, we're coming into Hollywood with an understanding of how do we want to impact culture? Where do we want to put our money? So that it's not just about how do I make what I want to make only, but how do we support other creators? How do we create community? How do we um, create an understanding around that it's not just about Neon or our companies winning, but it's we want to open the door so everybody else wins. Um, and that's really been the, the game changer for us and what has allowed us to be very successful in building the brand is that we're a brand that people respect for that, for, for being creative, for being game changers more than a brand that people say, Oh yeah, that, you know, those guys are making millions of dollars and they're super rich. No, it's really, people don't, don't think of money when they think of our brand, they think of what we're doing and how crazy are the things that we do. You're listening to Latinos to Thrive with special guest Lex Borrero. We'll be right back. Are you ready to unlock your full potential and embark on a journey of limitless knowledge and boundless creativity? Look no further than Wizard Academy, where dreams become reality. At Wizard Academy, they are not just a school. They're a community of visionaries, dreamers, and achievers. Whether you're a student, a working professional, or someone looking to reinvent yourself, Wizard Academy has a place for you. I know because I'm a graduate of the World Changers class of 2007 when I worked in print media. Imagine being guided by industry experts where innovation knows no bounds and where your passions are transformed into skills. Their cutting edge programs span technology, business, arts, and more. You'll discover the magic within you, and you will it with confidence. At Wizard Academy, they embrace diversity and creativity, and they celebrate your unique journey. So be sure to join them in the heart of innovation, where the extraordinary becomes ordinary. 
Visit them at www.wizardacademy.org now to explore their lineup of courses, faculty, and the incredible success stories of this community. Your future is waiting. Unleash your inner wizard today. Are you looking to take your career to the next level? Do you want to stand out from the crowd and make a lasting impression? Then look no further. Introducing the ultimate game changer, the Escalante Public Speaking Mastery Course. In today's competitive world, effective communication is the key to success. Whether you're a seasoned professional or just starting out, the ability to speak confidently and persuasively is a game changer. I know, because I have lived through it. That's why the Public Speaking Mastery Course is here to unlock your full potential. The comprehensive course is designed to transform your public speaking skills from good to extraordinary. I will be guiding you through a step-by-step -step process, helping you overcome stage fright, craft compelling messages, and deliver impactful presentations. When I took the Dale Carnegie School of Public Speaking and Human Relations, it changed my life and I will be able to help you do the same. My career in journalism and training and development was built on having the skills to be able to communicate to a team or thousands. I hold nothing back. I will give you all my trade secrets and how you can thrive and crush it. Imagine walking into a boardroom and captivating your audience with your powerful presence. Picture yourself confidently leading meetings, delivering persuasive pitches, and commanding attention in every interaction. With a public speaking mastery course, you'll be equipped with the skills to excel in any professional situation. If you're ready to take the step and supercharge your career, enroll in the public speaking mastery course today. All the information and the cost is in the show notes. Don't let fear hold you back. Unlock your potential, elevate your career, and become a master of public speaking. Go to the show notes to register today to secure your spot in the next session of Public Speaking Mastery Course. Public Speaking Mastery Course, empowering professionals, transforming careers. Act now and make a lasting impression in every opportunity that comes your way. You will be glad you did and you will thrive for the rest of your life. We now return you to Latinos Who Thrive with special guest, Lex Borrero. Lex, how do you balance your various roles within Neon Six since you wear many hats as also as a music producer and entrepreneur? What do you enjoy the most about the work that you do? So balance and what do you enjoy yeah. the most? So it's, it's an interesting question because I don't, I don't believe in the concept of balance, right? I think balance is a fragile state because... I always tell people if you put a piece of if you put a, a wooden stick in in the top of a bottle and you barely blow it, it's gonna fall. And life is gonna throw a lot more than that at you. So I believe in rhythm because I believe everything about us is rhythm. Our heartbeat is rhythm, how we walk, how we talk. And so I believe in finding this rhythm. And for me, it's really been about understanding how to become a CEO, right? Which is not only as an operator, but really being able to be the visionary and be able to be used in helping give the vision and then hiring incredible people who can go execute that vision. And so I find myself in a position consistently where 
what I really am doing is carrying the vision. I, I, I am the creative force behind the ideas that drive the company, but then I have an amazing team who goes and executes it. And that really gives me flexibility just, and, and gives me a right rhythm to, to handle and, and be creatively involved in everything that I have to while still being very effective as a business. Um, and I enjoy, I think most of all, the, the part of my business that is creating, right? I think a lot of times, um, you know, the, the, the name, the title of CEO or president is kind of looked at as, as this corporate job where you're just pushing papers and doing all this. And for some people it is right. When you're an entrepreneur, you're doing it all. And, you know, many years of my life, I was that I was boggled down with, with the busy work and the finances and everything of a business. Now I have the blessing that I have an operation where I can be a creative, right? Where I can be the face of the company and go out in the market and speak to people like yourself, share the story, be the, share the gospel of the business. And at the same time, be the creator, come up with these amazing ideas that we do and support the talented artists and creators that we have inside the company to build their careers within our ecosystem. So I, I love that about my job. I love the, the opportunity that I get every day to change people's lives, to create impact, you know, to see kids come from nothing to make their careers or their dreams a reality. Not only artists, but my executive team, you know, I think we have a culture inside the company where people truly feel that they're coming to work and they're building their dreams, not just our business or just making us money, but they truly feel the progression in their lives and, and, and their personal lives, not just their work lives. So that's, that's very important to me. And, and it's the part that I enjoy the most of being a leader. I want to drill down on this because you have hit the sweet spot where you don't have to worry about finances and you can expand uh, uh, being at the top of the music industry's food chain. What I want to know from you is I understand how uh, getting on the radar of Diddy was your start. That was the door that opened up a lot of opportunity. But obviously, there was more to that. It's like, what else came before that that you credit as the reasons as to why you were able to establish yourself and to escalate to the level that you have been able to do that? Again, I, I think it goes back to those four core values of what I think okay. gets you to success. Because okay. I, I do think that for me, it was... You know, coming from a church background, coming from, kind of, you know, having a love and a passion for the youth um, allowed me to always identify the problem, right? My career has been successful because I've identified problems and I've looked at the situation and said, I could do that better. Fair enough. I can solve yeah. this. Yeah. And that's, okay. that's really kind of the core for where it comes from. Good deal. What trends do you see shaping the future of the industry and how is Neon 16 positioning itself to stay ahead of the curve? I think we're in a changing entertainment business because of culture overall, right? I think diversity in culture and inclusion has become a real conversation around all three of our industries, whether it's brands, whether it's music, uh, whether it's Hollywood. And we are positioned to win because we're very rare of an ecosystem, right? It's very rare that you meet a television company that has a very successful music company. It's very rare that you you find a music company that has a very successful brand business. And it's very rare that you find a brand business that has a very a, a connection to a film and television business as well as a music company. And so it allows us to 
play ball in all three verticals while still being very efficient in moving the ball up and, and changing and impacting culture. So I think our positioning in the market with our three businesses really allows us to be very unique and have a lot of competitive advantage because we can attack any project or any idea in multitude of ways yeah. and have the team to support it. You got the vertical integration that you control the the process and uh, you don't have to worry about quality because it's all built into your brand. Exactly. Yeah. So Neon 16 has collaborated with some of the biggest names in the industry. Can you share with us some memorable experiences of working with artists like, is it Tiny or uh, Jay uh, Balvin and others? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think for me, some of the most notable projects that we've been able to work on, uh, especially in Latin music, has been doing things like, for example, during quarantine, we, we got to do the SpongeBob soundtrack. And we did a song called Awa with J Balvin, which became kind of the summer anthem of quarantine, um, but also became the first time that a major brand, you know, SpongeBob is a global brand and Paramount Pictures is a global brand. It was the first time that they allowed a logo of a music company to be next to their logos and, and to utilize their IP, which is rare. You know, these movie companies protect that IP like, like it's not tomorrow. So that to me was a, a really amazing project to work on. Um, also, we got to do a song during quarantine called One Day, which took me two years to make, but it was the perfect merge of what was happening at the moment, right? You have Bad Bunny kind of at his breaking point. You have Jay Baldwin at the top of his career. And then you had Dua Lipa, who was, you know, the most successful pop star at the time, collaborating in a song that had a melancholic feel, but reggaeton drums and that that to me is the very reflection of who we are as a company because it's the kind of things that we create so um you know projects like that or or being able to merge adam levine with maluma or or do collaborations that no one was expecting could be done that's what's really made this process over the past four years exciting for me as a mentor and collaborator, how do you discover and nurture emerging talent? And what qualities do you look for in artists to collaborate with? So I always say that there's a very big difference between talent and artistry, right? I think a lot of people can sing or rap or, uh, you know, or, or do any of those or play an instrument, but very few people have something to say. And artists are those who have something to say because great artists make music that verbalizes feelings that we all feel as an audience but don't know how to put into words. And that's why when you put a song that you identify with, you can listen to that song over and over and you say, this is my favorite song, but it's because an artist was able to verbalize and put into lyrics these feelings that you have that you just didn't know how to express. And that's what makes music amazing. And so for me, I look for artists. I look for people that have something that they, they know the why. Same thing as entrepreneurs, right? Like I look for executives who have conviction, uh, not people who say, oh, I just want to get rich. Like, no, why? Why do you want to make it? Like what, what is that thing that drives you? What's the purpose? What's the conviction? Because that's what's going to make the difference. Those are the, those are the people that you hire and they're going to change your business overnight because they'll fight for whatever because they know what they're fighting for. Uh, there's nothing like going to war with a soldier that doesn't understand why he's at war. And so for me, people who have an intention and who have conviction and who have something to say are 
are the people I look for to, to essentially, you know, put my seed in their ground and, and start watering it. Makes sense. Uh, if you don't know your why, you better find out your why so that you can message to the world what your why is so that you can be taken seriously and so that uh, people buy into your why and give you business. Absolutely. So beyond music, Neon 16 has expanded into various creative uh, ventures. Can you tell us uh, about some of the exciting projects and innovations Neon 16 is currently involved in? Yeah, so we are, you know, super involved in the film and television now. I would say that's a, a side of our business that is super exciting to me. So we are, you know, looking into film, looking into, into how to expand the footprint of Latinos in Hollywood. Uh, and then second to that, you know, we're innovating the concept of music and sports with our agency. So we are, you know, hosting events during Formula One. We are partners with the NFL. We really are merging those two worlds in a heavy way and also looking into consumer product goods. So we, you know, we've been blessed enough to invest in a couple of really good consumer products from, from, uh, you know, from drinks to popcorn to other things. And, and that has really allowed us to understand kind of the food business and the hospitality business. Um, but we're always looking to innovate primarily in how to merge and communicate to our culture and continue to create a space that allows other people to walk through it and, and build their own dreams. So um, for us, those two spaces are very key right now because it's where there's lack of representation, it's where there's lack of, of business growth. And I, and we think we have a strategy on how to change that over time, especially in Hollywood, right? And really give proper representation and branding to our Latino creatives, uh, as well as, uh, as well as in sports and in, and in content and in and music and that merger of, of those two worlds. We really think we're the through line in connecting that. And so we've been very impactful in, for example, in what we do in Formula One with our events and, and very impactful in creating the Latino campaign for the NFL. Okay. You mentioned briefly previously the show of uh, the Ricardo Montaner. Let's do a deep dive into that. This is a show that is, is it currently streaming on Disney or about to? Yeah, it's the season one is streaming on Disney Plus right now, and we're in production right now for season two. Talk to us about how that came about. This show really started because in quarantine, the Montaner family, you know, started to become very, very viral. They they had all these moments. Camilo, who's you know the son-in-law of Ricardo, became the world's biggest pop star at that time, and with it, the whole family really became kind of a, an online sensation. But knowing the family personally, what I found really interesting is that they were not your typical famous family, right? They were not focused on these things about fame. They just had this way of being together and really being honest with each other and going through it. And they were in a position and a time in their lives where they were going through a lot of changes. You know, uh, the kids were getting married. Others were having babies. Ricardo was kind of in the midst of figuring out what he wanted to do with his career moving forward. So... When I approached them about doing this, they had been filming by themselves. Like Ricardo has been filming since he started his career. He always wanted one day to have a show and they just hadn't been able to pull it off. And so we had all this archival footage that Ricardo has shot, plus, you know, everything that was going on with the family. And we truly felt that we wanted to shoot this as a music documentary. We didn't want it to be the Kardashians. 
kind of this super fast paced edit with just drama kind of scripted. We, we wanted this to feel like you're really going into their house and you're watching this family who has this beautiful essence of unity um, and so many things to teach us as humans. I, I wanted you to capture that. But I also, if you didn't know who Ricardo Montaner was and his family, I wanted you to get a sense of who they were by utilizing this archival footage and and truly these emotional moments that that, that footage allows you to, to do because you're essentially doing a documentary about the family. And so that's how that came. And, you know, thankfully it's, it's been award-winning. Uh, it became their number one show. And we're going into season two now. Congratulations. That is quite an accomplishment. Thank you. Thank you. The intersection of technology and music is fascinating space. How do you see technology influencing creation and consumption of music in the coming years? It's very interesting. It's one of those things where there's too much of everything, right? So the value of everything has has gone down. The value of, of content and music has gone down. And it's going to be interesting to see how it evolves because the power is now in the artist's hands. The labels no longer have any power. No one has a strategy on how to break a song. It's really consistency and finding a personal way to connect. So I think for music, you know, we're going to start seeing more and more of just um, independent artists finding their own way and having success and really telling their own narrative. And I think we're going to see the demise of record labels. We're going to see them become distribution companies and no longer these very powerful record labels that make superstars because they start, they lost the power. They don't control anything, right? They don't control the outlets anymore. They don't control... They, 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 they used to be a bank, but now everybody's a bank. So um, the creative force inside the company, I mean, most artists are turning in their music to the label already done. So the A&Rs are, are not as effective as they was, once were. Um, so it's a changing of the tide. I really feel that the label, the powerful music label system, uh, I think in the next 10 years will, will collapse and they'll just become distribution companies. Very interesting uh, uh, foresight, uh, and I think that uh, you are right on track with uh, with that assessment. I come from the radio industry, and and again, the, everybody is a podcaster nowadays because the entry uh, point is so low that anyone who has the burning desire and passion to do something and to just keep uh, getting better at it, you can have an international following with uh, with just grit. Exactly. Again, it's amazing because it's allowed things like what we're doing right here to happen and it creates a platform for so many people that before just didn't have the opportunity because it was behind some, you know, brick wall yeah. that the companies own. We had also- to, in the old days, we had to have our people contact your people and then exactly. your people had to contact us and negotiate back and forth to where now with one email, boom, you're done. Exactly. So... I think there's, you know, there's a lot of positive things that has happened. There's also, you know, the collapse of, of corporations that have handled this. So it's, um, it's interesting because, you know, again, it's, it's now more than ever, people have to, have to truly trust that their narrative is going to capture people because the audience will tell you if it's going to work or not very quickly. <laughs> That's for sure. Lex, looking back at your journey, what advice would you give to aspiring entrepreneurs and creatives who are looking to make their mark in, in the industry over and above what you've already told us? Um, enjoy the journey. Okay. Enjoy the journey. I think uh, 
you know, so many times, especially with our new society where we look at Instagram and now we compare ourselves to everybody every day, you, you tend to lose sight of the blessing in front of you. And that starts to fog your, your path. And I think the more you are aware where you are, you're conscious of where you are, you accept where you are with the understanding that you have a plan to move forward, but, but you're gracious for where you are, right? You're thankful for where you are. You enjoy that. Hey, today you're eating a burger and tomorrow you might be eating a filet mignon. Like that's, it's okay. Enjoy the burger now, because when you're eating a filet mignon, you're going to realize you haven't eaten a burger in a long time, you know? And you're going to look back into those moments and say, wow, I remember that moment. And it was so great. And when all I had was money to buy McDonald's, but damn, I enjoyed that McDonald's so good. You know, like enjoy that moment, take it in because life passes by really quickly. Success. It's like a rubber band. You pull, 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 pull. And when it goes, it happens so quickly and everything goes so fast. And you don't take a moment to enjoy those seconds and those moments that later on you look back and you 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 reminisce on this and you realize how good of the time those were because they made you who you are. So I always say when they ask me that question is enjoy the process. The more you enjoy, the more grateful you'll be, the, the more perseverance you'll get, the more clarity you'll get to move forward. That's for sure because... Uh... Happiness is not at the end. Happiness is along the journey. When you hit the the sweet spot at the end of of, uh, of a project that is highly successful, that's just the icing on the cake. It's like you enjoyed it uh, all along. Otherwise, uh, as you've said, just like Stephen King, when he first uh, hit his success with his first novel, he was uh, depressed at the end because he didn't enjoy the writing process. Uh, along the way. And he learned that lesson quickly after the first book. Exactly. On a personal note, what drives and inspires you on a day-to-day basis and how do you stay motivated in such a dynamic and fast-paced industry? Like you mentioned, the rubber band. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, I'm motivated by problem solving. I think that that's exciting every time that I find something that there's a new challenge uh, or, or that I think no one is paying attention to and I and I could do it better. That really motivates me. It drives me. Uh, you know, I'm a father, so thinking about my daughter's future and what kind of life experience I want to give her, it, it's a huge motivation. And and last, and I think most importantly, it's really I, I'm in a blessed position to not make money because, you know, a lot of people can make money in different ways, but to be in a position where I can truly be of of, of change to people, I can be a fire starter to people, and their dreams and their and their aspirations and and that's amazing because there's no better legacy than looking at a person who you met a year ago and then seeing them a year later and be like they're a, you know a whole new person way driven their dreams have become a reality like those changes are the ones that you look back and say wow that's my legacy you know like people can take away the money you know tomorrow is not promised to anybody so all this could be gone all the success could be gone but the changes you made on people that's that's going to continue with their lives. And that that's really my big driving force. Absolutely. And we're going to follow your trajectory and have you back uh, to uh, look back to today's interview of uh, just how far you've gone. I would love that. It's been a pleasure uh, having you, Lex, from Neon 16 on the show today. Thank you for sharing your insights and experiences with us. Before we wrap up, is there anything exciting on the horizon for Neon 16 that our listeners should keep an eye out for? Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, again, our film and television projects, Montaner season two is coming. We have a lot of really great 
film projects and things to watch for and and most importantly our continuous drive to to be culture uh changers so you know any any time that anybody has a great idea you know we want to hear it so i hope you know all your listeners as they're as they're getting inspired as they're thinking about what they're going to do moving forward they they reach out to us and we could be a platform to help their dreams come true absolutely well that's going to do it friends until next week go out and thrive <laughs>